0: Hello, I'm Alex Mansfield, the host of Manny Talk Shooting, and welcome to another episode. This is the shooting podcast where I talk to individuals all across the shooting industry. We'll talk competition, self-defense, concealed carry. If you like this content, check out our YouTube channel, Manny Talk Shooting. And without further ado, let's get to this episode. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Manny Talk Shooting, the shooting podcast where I talk to people on the internet because I can, because you want to listen, and you come in week in, week out. Without further ado, let's talk about the title sponsor of the podcast. The show is brought to you by Go Fast Don't Suck. So go over to GoFastDon'tSuck.net, tell Bill Manny sent you, and go get some dry fire targets, some memes. Maybe you need a match banner for a match you're running this season or next. You never know. So, anyway, go over to suck.net. Like I said, tell him Manny sent you and move on with your effing day because it's, it's a random Tuesday. So whatever guys anyway recording this early october if you actually care without further ado let's get to today's guest today's guest is mr jake walker aka mr short shorts of the shooting sports how you doing jake
1: good how you doing tonight
0: i'm doing pretty good um it's been a long i i, I guess i've been pushing this one off to ask you about this so but i felt it right i asked your buddy so it's was like oh, i gotta do both of them so it's okay
1: <laughs> yeah just told me yes and he uh he seemed super stoked until I mentioned that he asked me to, and he was like, "Oh man, we should do it together." I was like, "That'd be fun," but
0: yeah, I don't know if
1: it's your vibe or not. But
0: well, it all depends. Usually, scheduling conflicts become a pain in the ass, so that's why I do these typically uh one v one. That's fair. That's why I, it's why I truly don't have like a co-host unless I'm really like desired to have one for the episode but that's very slim and far between the only time. I think the only time I've had a co-host was the fact that, that we were sitting in the same room. And it's
1: like, <laughs> that would definitely make it a lot easier logistically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Even though he was from Texas. So <laughs> but yeah. So anyways, guys, um, we're sitting down with my buddy, Jake. Uh, if anyone doesn't know, he came in third, a class at Cary optics nationals, the, the most stackedest stacked heat in uh, all of the world, because it was one true. It was one division. One national so it's kind
1: of cool yeah that was a good time uh definitely did not expect the heat well i i shouldn't say that i expected the heat i didn't expect so much a class heat
0: yeah there was a lot of a class heat there's a crap ton of a class shooters if i'm looking at prac, there was two dqs in a class though so
1: that definitely probably helped
0: <laughs> yeah but yeah so uh jake uh for people who don't know you on the internet uh who are you and how'd you get into shooting
1: um so on instagram i'm bullets and band-aids uh you've probably seen a meme or two of mine or the short shorts i think i'm most infamous for the short shorts at this point
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, i got
1: into shooting Uh, i mean i grew up my dad always took me out hunting and stuff and we dabbled around with pistols but we never really did anything worth talking about really just kind of shooting trash in the backyard it wasn't until i started seeing like uh, t-rex arms and grand thumb videos on the internet that i decided to actually take it i'll say take it seriously which now looking back back then i was still kind of just slinging lead down range wasn't really actually training per se but it kind of gave me an avenue in which i was heading towards so I think that was 2019, I got into 3GUN, thought it was kind of cool, and just kind of did it on the side, I shot like one match a month, and I was pretty into it, but mm-hmm. it, uh, it really took off, I think, at the end of last year and into this year.
0: Yeah, because we met, when did we meet? We met uh, like some April match at um, South Kent, which is kind of local to you. <laughs> yeah. We yeah, that's shoot-
1: about 40 minutes away. That was that classifier match, if I remember right. That's when I made B.
0: Yep, because you uh, you three-gunner. And, and then then we found the love for the three-gun carts, the baby strollers.
1: I Yeah, uh, I still have mine. I was thinking about selling it, but at the same time, it's just... I don't take it to matches anymore, but I know if I do any three-gun in the future, I'm definitely going to want it.
0: Yeah, or even your night matches. I bet that would be handy, though.
1: It, so the night matches, yeah, I... I've considered bringing it to those, but I try and, so the night matches are only three stages. So it's a little easier to just carry everything. And we get super tactical in those. It's it's real cringy, but it's a lot of fun. So I try and like do like actual loadouts with that, where I have to carry all the ammo that I'm going to use all night long. Uh, I have to have all my mags on me. I have to have a dump pouch for my empty mags. And I think it's it adds a little bit of a challenge. It kind of gives you... I'll, I'll call it a sense of realism, even though, like, when it comes to reality, am I ever gonna need a plate carrier in my rifle? Well, hopefully not, but yeah. it, it's unlikely. But it's fun.
3: It's it's cool.
0: Yeah, those matches I can definitely see being a uh, hella fun and shooting rifles under nods. just makes you feel like you're uh, you're flexing on us.
1: Yeah, so they have white light divisions, too. Um, so we usually have three squads. There's a night vision only squad. Um, and, yeah, we're, we basically flex on everyone. We Whenever people try and squad with us, we just have them mass tracker take them out. It's kind of funny. But yeah. then there's usually two uh, white light squads. Yeah. So, um,
0: so if
1: you guys want to white light, come at it.
0: Mm-hmm. So we need to get someone with an open gun in a night vision squad. Is that what you're saying?
1: Oh, my gosh. That would be hilarious. It, be like, however, oh. I don't know how finicky the open guns would be in the cold because we shoot it over winter time. But, yeah, that would
0: be absurd. You just do it on either the first match that it's not that cold or the last match where it's starting to warm up.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think your best bet would be uh probably the November match. Would they yeah. usually only do three. Just kind of a bummer. Uh, but so the last match is actually usually the coldest. But people get wild. Like, uh, do you know Darren Cruikshank?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think I met him.
1: He's a super big three gunner, uh, does MMA and stuff. But at the last match, he showed up with a grand and he had it suppressed with a SRO on it. It was just a complete abomination. (laughs) But he ended up, it was so cold out that all the grease bearings were freezing up the spinner targets. So what's that shoot three out six
3: mm-hmm.
1: um and it ended up having so much more power than our 556 guns that he was the only one that could actually get the spinner over and he ended up winning the match
0: yeah look at that grand power
1: yeah yeah it was kind of absurd
0: but it, i i can i can i can imagine that that's for sure so um so jake so you said you were shooting kind of shooting with your dad in the beginning and uh, then you kind of watched the t-rex videos and whatnot um mm-hmm. if you had to look back at it now um do you cringe at where you start like like what you thought was right back then
1: yeah well i don't necessarily really cringe at what i thought was right because i think the i think i was heading in the right direction but my mental state was wrong i was very much you know like the one reload one type of drills and i was just like doing reps on reps on reps but i wasn't ever actually cognitive about what I was doing correctly or what I was doing wrong I was just thinking man if I do this more and more I have to get good at it eventually right so Mm -hmm. fast forward two years down the road I really wasn't getting that much better until I got a couple of shooting books and I took a Mason Lane class and then I started kind of seeing Ben Staker's videos on Instagram I started kind of actually making things click I started following people like Joel Park and I started thinking, well, oh, shit, I actually have to, like, think about what's happening here and what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong. And that's kind of when I started actually seeing uh, progress.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, at least you, when you found that kind of that path, you know, with the, through the knowledge of with the Internet, mm-hmm. the books, and it, it, it definitely mm-hmm. makes makes cutting the, you know, cutting it out the, the crap easy. Yeah. I, I think Ben's best book is that new one, the white book. The, uh, that's Explorer. the one I have yeah
1: i've been told that all his other books are similar information but each new book is updated so i believe it's ben who said if you have the newest book you don't have to get the old ones it's all the same information but updated and more correct and so don't bother getting the old stuff the new stuff's where it's at
0: yeah absolutely uh yeah, I like that book. I, I dabble in it enough. Um, When you look at that book, you know, there's different levels. There's, what, one, two, three, and four. Um, yeah. Where do you find I'm yourself? Sitting...
1: Hmm? Oh, uh, it's in level three right now. Yeah. I uh I kind of, sorry, I I read every single word up until where I'm at right now. Uh, it, when I got it out of B class, I probably would have been, fine starting in level two but i just wanted to make sure there wasn't any information i i missed you know because what if there's something there that could have actually helped me a ton so i read everything up until level three and then level three is where i started getting the challenging stuff and i've been in there all of this year which i got the book this year Mm -hmm. um and I have a couple of tabbed out pages that I like to reference a lot.
0: Yeah, it, that book is definitely full of chock full of information. Everyone probably likes the the reason why you suck page because yeah, that, because it, it hurts your those
1: feelings. Super super helpful. Um, the di- especially the diagnostic portions, like the um, the cues and whatnot. That's that's taken me a really long way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely good information. So when I met you, you were shooting a, a Glock 19, if I remember right. Wasn't it not? Yes. And that uh, was my carry gun. Yep. Your carry gun with a, an RMR at the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, what are you shooting?
1: So now um, I am shooting a Shadow 2. I went over to the, the dark side, if you will, the metal frame. Um. I shot Glock originally because it was my carry gun. I wanted to be proficient with my carry gun. I feel I achieved that. And so now I wanted to start getting actually competitive. And I know I can be competitive with a Glock if I really wanted to, but I've always kind of wanted to try out a a CZ. i would never shot a CZ before, but the shadow 2 just kind of looked sexy so I was like all right let's try it
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's they're definitely pretty cool I mean they're they're pretty damn popular nowadays other than that and the sig I mean the SIG, the sig seems to be a little more popular because I think it's a little more affordable
1: yeah that's for sure so um Josh has sig p320s as well and we I think it's funny entry level the sig's a lot more affordable. But mm-hmm. if you want to get it like top tier competition ready, you're you're gonna end up being about the same amount invested if you go full grade guns and get it all kitted out or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. tungsten frame. Josh and I have approximately the same amount into our guns, um, and I've I've shot his. It's a phenomenal gun. Like I honestly can't choose which I like better. I well, let me clarify which shoots better. I like mine better. I think it fits me a little more. Um, mm-hmm. But as for like the trigger, the weight, the frame, you know, it, it's a very comparable.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it, I guess it comes down to personal preference at the end of the day, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, now, uh, how many trigger return springs have you broken in that gun?
1: So, surprisingly enough, I haven't broken any. Well, I don't think I've broken any yet. I started on my practice gun I started kind of feeling some issues with the uh, trigger. Mm-hmm. There was one time where I had to assist it forward, but I haven't had issues since then, and I haven't torn it apart because I haven't had any more issues. But I, th- I think that's going out. I got that gun used, mm-hmm. and it had 30,000 rounds on it, and I don't know when the last time that spring was replaced. However, the um, firing pin spring was absolutely obliterated. <laughs> yeah. It was Three different pieces is all crushed together when I took it apart. So I have replaced that. And I've messed with the hammer springs a little bit. But other than that, I haven't had any real issues with that.
0: Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, at least you've got guns that run. You don't need to worry about them breaking. I know about a couple other local guys who shoot Shadow 2s or Tanfos, and it seems like everything breaks or nothing works.
3: Yeah,
1: I kind of – so I get a lot of help with it um my sponsor blade and brass he is he's a gun so he's a gunsmith by trade and he's kind of starting to get into competition and stuff and he knows all the nuances and you know how many thousand rounds you have to replace this spring and this and that so he kind of told me a little tips like don't dry fire it without a snap cap and um apparently the I guess that's how the uh, firing pin spring broke is because it was dry fired without a snap cap to stop the firing pin from over traveling. Mm -hmm. So I would have never thought that I had no idea. Um, But having those nuanced things is kind of super helpful to have in the background.
0: Oh yeah, it definitely is. It definitely, it makes it easier. Like transitioning to a new division or a new platform makes it easier when you've got someone to lead you, right way kind of like for me when i'm going to open i've got my lead i've got my knowledge of who i need to go to to ask for questions i don't gotta i don't have to dick through the dirt and the mud i can just follow the clean line
1: yes yes exactly it's like i, I wish i had that starting the sport off to begin with so somebody could tell me hey quit doing those stupid drills That's not actually doing anything for you
0: i mean yeah well i mean you, you can have anybody tell you do that but it doesn't it doesn't mean that they're right <laughs> yeah that's true well but but when you come back to the one reload one that you know it's nice Is yeah it might teach some bad habits but it definitely gets some fundamentals down a little bit and it kind of gets you to go fast because you know everyone wants to go fast on those one those instagram famous one reload ones and some people just don't know how to split the gun fast at all so they you know they, they need something like that to push themselves to go super fast
1: I think it can be done right, and it can be done very, very wrong. And I was definitely doing it wrong.
0: Yeah. I mean, but if you told Isaac Lockwood not to do a one-reload one, he'd probably laugh at you and then smoke you with his time. Yeah, I I believe that for sure. With his, with his handlebar mustache.
1: <laughs> I'm so jealous of his mustache.
0: Now, sidebar. If, if I let my... <laughs> Go ahead. Oh,
1: if I, I was going to say, I let my mustache grow for like two months. If you squint real hard, you can kind of see it. So uh, I got that yeah. going for
0: me. Yeah. Well, we could compare Tom Selleck's mustache to Isaac Lockwood's. I still pick Tom Selleck.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, he got voted sexiest man on earth. So I mean, that's uh, hard
0: to. Yeah. But anyway, he, he's got gonna... the perfect. Even when he's older, like, have you watched him in Blue Bloods? I think so. Okay. It, it was a good show. It is a good show. It's still on, I think. I don't know. I watched it on Netflix a while ago.
1: I think if I remember, I think that's the show they always had on at the station when I was working over in Charlotte. Oh, they yeah. always put it on like, USA or something like that and left the TV on all night. It was
0: Yeah. It was super fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's not terrible. But uh yeah. So you're also running the the heading what, T one thousand, right? So, for the listeners who people like me who live under a rock, how is the experience of the T one thousand?
1: So, bear with me because I went from the Safari lane QLS system Mm -hmm. to the T one thousand. So, people may have different experiences than me. If somebody had like a boss hanger or whatever, I never used that stuff. I went straight from the poorest of the poor to the top of the line. Mm-hmm. um i love it i think it's phenomenal um especially if you use the link spell system i don't have that but the it's got such a small um, profile that it fits on one link
2: mm-hmm.
1: or so i've been told so mm-hmm. it's very beneficial for people trying to minimize all that stuff but the adjustments on it are out of this world like i i could put it exactly how i wanted it so i wasn't having to do any weird stuff with my hand i could just like stay nice and relaxed um index directly up and grab the gun and present it and it it it's very very customizable my biggest concern was it has like 50 screws Mm -hmm. i thought something was going to come loose uh but every screw on it has um I don't know what they're called, like a locking knot on it. Oh, the lock not washer? Lock knot. It's not a lock washer, but the head of it, the head of the actual screw has grooves on it, so when you tighten it down, it, like, locks into the metal of it. Oh, okay. So, they, I haven't had anything come loose. And it's been solid this whole time. My only complaint of it is if you have a heavy gun like the Shadow 2, you kind of need a little bit more of a pad it it gives the option of the hip pads and they're not quite enough so if you're doing like like area five Mm -hmm. where you're shooting like 11 stages or a super big level two something like that you might start to get a little bit of pain where it's pushing on your hip but other than that i think it's been phenomenal i love it Mm
0: -hmm. and it's pretty cool um but i mean for from what it seems like is it's definitely adjustable, and you could definitely have it out ad- ad- of adjustment and be shooting out into open with carry optics, it seems like.
1: Yeah, so when I first got it, I think my first match with it was uh, Western Pennsylvania, and uh, I had a RO come up to me, and he said it was right on the edge of being where it was allowed to be, which mm-hmm. I actually ended up, not because of that, but by, I ended up, um, canting it in towards my body more just because it felt like it indexed better. But so it'd be super, super easy to have it be carry optics or production illegal mm-hmm. and bumpy into open or something like that. But I haven't I haven't felt the urge to set it up in a way that would get me any closer to that. It, it's very much... Right. Um, it, it feels good how it is, so...
0: Yeah, and yeah, and it was, I think I noticed somebody's holster that had a T1000. I'm like, this thing looks really weird, so I i think I checked it and I was like, I had fit, it, it, but it looks like holy shit, it's like this fucking gap is huge. I'm like, but
2: mm-hmm.
0: it was okay, but it was, I think, it was that 3D You've seen that 3D printed holster now, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I think, I think my buddy Samir has it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's a pretty interesting concept. If I if I'm thinking of the right one, it, it locks kind of like an open gun holster, right?
2: hmm Yeah.
1: Which is a neat feature because at Nationals, I, uh, I was running to reset being a goofball and I felt my gun shift in my holster because I don't have the locking lever. I have the old style of GX holsters. Wow. And I like stopped. I was like, oh, shit. And I looked and we were good. So, and it's, you know... It just kind of, like, gave me that feeling in my chest. I was like, all right, I need to chill out. And so something like that would be pretty cool. But, of course, GX has the levers I could get, but I haven't.
0: Yep. Shame on you for being the only person who doesn't have a vice holster.
3: <laughs>
1: so so uh, I'm kind of guilty of just never buying a good holster I actually got hooked up you hooked me up with the Glock holster you gave me that GX holster for the Glock and then when I bought my backup Shadow 2 it came with a GX Trilox holster so I've actually never bought one and <laughs> I'm sure I, I've always heard about the lead times I'm like oh hell that's I don't even want to bother with that I'll just
3: mm-hmm. use
1: what I have and you know I've heard you can upgrade
0: your horse. I was thinking about doing that, but I just,
1: you know, mm-hmm. haven't. Yeah,
0: and I mean, if it works, it works, right? Like, long as until it doesn't work, right?
1: Yeah. 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 Exactly. And I made sure to, after I had that instance where I felt it shift, I like looked up in the rules and I was like, oh shit, what would I get disqualified? Found out. Um, no, you that's so you have to like call our over and have them pick it up and blah blah blah. So.
2: Mhm.
1: Had it actually happened, I would have had no fucking clue. I probably would have picked it up and got DQ'd or something. But
0: Yeah, or anyways. the worst case is your dot zero shifts or your dot breaks, and you're like, well, shit.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's why I usually keep a backup
0: gun with me. But yeah, that would also suck a lot. Yeah, that that would definitely suck. Thanks, guys, for taking a break in the middle of this awesome episode, Mr. Jake Walker. But we need to talk about the sponsors of the podcast because they are fantastic. Anyways, we've got our primary sponsor, Go Fast, Don't Suck. They've been with us for a very long time, and we appreciate them greatly. Bill and his team over there, I mean, they're fantastic. So suck.net. Go check them out. Also, then we've got Hunter's HD Gold because Brian's the fabulous, hardest-working man in the shooting sports. Go share some love because he loves us all the same. Anyways, guys, go check him out at HundredsHTGold.com or at the next major match you're going to, make sure he's there. Then we've got um defense.com. Use the code MANYTALKS10 to get 10% off your Mach1 speed belt combo because they are the finest um belts in the business because they are great and Jason puts hard work into whatever he makes and he, he loves to innovate. Then we've got divtechshop.com. Go tell Nathan I sent you using the code MANY Shooting for 10% off your whole order. For the best three D printed magnet systems out on the market, you need them. They've got them in awesome colors. You can make even an awesome custom cap. So go check them out. Um, Divtechshop. Com. Manny talks shooting for ten percent off. Followed that up by Targets USA, who makes the finest steel targetry on the planet. Uh, the Steve Anderson says it. I'll say it too. They're great. I love practicing with it and using it. Jason's an awesome dude, and he's always innovating as well, coming up with new designs for different activators and different um um activating props so go check them out um targetsusa.com many in the comments and let them know i sent you anyway then we've got followed up by laugh and load my friends over tony and jackie over at the laugh and load over in the pew time podcast so go check them out um laugh and load.com go get some awesome swag you may need because you can always get the supreme division t-shirt uh get open because hashtag only shoot open uh, they've got carry Opics limited single stack production, all those great ones. Um, and they're AFT agent t-shirts, which are always a big popular seller. So go check those out. We well, can't forget um, Tim Harrington shooting at timheronshooting.com. Go check him out. Um, find a class near you because he's the guy who got me on the map. So go check them out guys. Um, great business. Uh, Tim's always shooting and he's always supporting the sport and he's giving back and he's training people to be the best they can be um, at every level you're at. So you can be a GM or an unclassified. He's going to meet you where you are and make you better. We also can't forget rangepanda.com, Eric Steiner, Gianni Giordano. Great shooters, great company, great merch, great supplies. So you can go get your 3D printed parts for your press. Go get your CNC um, pistol stands and three CNC awesome products they're coming out with. The laser stuff's great. Go check them out, rangepanda.com. And we can't forget to give the love to Mr. Chili Custom Gunworks, Mr. Matt Chili, the sponsor of the Michigan sectional in 2023 as well as area 5. So Matt's great supporter of the sport and he's awesome so go check them out. You need a metal grip on that staccato or prodigy. He's got you covered. Go over to ccgunworks.com. Uh, I remember the website now cuz I had to look it up. ccgunworks.com and go get yourself something off. Tell Manny sent you um and move on with your day. But without further ado guys, let's get back to this episode of Mr. Jake Walker. So at uh, you, you You came in third A class at Nationals. Uh, What are your current goals right now in shooting?
1: So so my goal at Nationals was top 50 and first A, so I didn't hit my goals there. Um, I think I'd like to hit top 30 at Nationals next year. Will that happen? I don't know. That's what I'm striving for. I'd also like to make M. My goal is to make M before the end of the year, but uh, my last match is at the end of this month, and it's a classifier. If it happens, it happens. If not, cool. Um, There's some that think that I don't belong in M class yet because of my scores at nationals. It's kind of, I don't know. I'm indifferent either way. I just think it's kind of funny that people projected that opinion, but
0: Yeah, but if you're beating M's, I mean, we have a decent amount of M's in our area. We might not have a lot of GM's, but we definitely have a lot of M's in Michigan. So if you're able to compete at their level, typically either at level twos, you know, and whatnot, it, you know, you should be able to equate to that, right?
3: So that was
1: my thought process. And I'm not resentful towards the, disagreement in it. Um mm-hmm. because it definitely shined a lot of light and perspective on it, which is kind of nice, honestly. But the argument posed was my scores reflected the A-class percentage.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: even though I be I think it was 50 plus M class and over 10 GMs, that doesn't mean they're classed appropriately. Um and it was kind of broken down for me. Like you could have 50 carry optic shooters and three paper GMs at a match. And I can match bomb from that. I, w- I would be match bombed by paper GMs at that point. That, mm-hmm. that would make me a paper class, you know? So it's not terribly difficult to class up in the right circumstances. So the scenario of me only scoring 82% of legitimate uh, shooters is a fair perspective. Um, I I think it would still be cool to make M-Class. I think I could be competitive in M-Class. I also think that it would push me to be more competitive. So,
3: mm-hmm. you know,
1: it's neither here nor there. So, whether I make it or not, I'm sure I will eventually.
0: Uh, but
1: at the end of the season, who knows?
0: Right, yeah. And Well, and you really couldn't, you know, because you shot with the carry optics national champion back at Area 5, but you didn't get to finish mm-hmm. the match. Um, so you really couldn't, yeah. see, you couldn't, uh, I'm not going to beat you up about it, but, uh, I mean, you really didn't get to see that, you know, in July, you know, at the end of July, you didn't get to see that and then come into September. Right. You can, see- yeah, mm-hmm. yeah
1: especially because, um, so I was probably with Mills and, um, Morgan Leanhart and her dad, whose name slips my mind, Kevin, uh, Kevin, yes. Phenomenal shooters, and I was on track to beat Morgan at Area 5, but it was very, very close. And so I ended up being able to beat her at Nationals, but her dad ended up DQing at uh, Nationals. So I didn't get to see how I compared against him, which was even more of a bummer
3: Mm -hmm. for
1: me because he's somebody that I looked up to a lot. He got first at Area 5, I believe.
0: Yeah, I believe so.
1: So I was kind of really hope uh, I was really hoping to compare myself to him as well, but it didn't happen.
0: Yeah. So now that we're since we brought up Area Five, um, and we're gonna compare it to Nationals, right? So Area Five was fifteen stages plus chrono. Nationals was eighteen plus chrono. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So which match do you think was uh, not including pressures or stress of like it being Nationals, but which match do you think was a more technical or more a better match? I, I guess technical is not the better word, but the, the better match for like purely on stages.
1: So, taking into consideration, I shot I think I only shot 12 of the stages at Area 5. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if it was exactly 12. I digress. Um, I was actually more nervous about Area 5 because it was my first level 3. And going into nationals, for some reason, I don't know why. I had a super level head. I I was nervous, you know, because it was nationals, but I was not terribly shook by it. Um, as for the actual stages, I think I think they're very comparable. Um, Area 5 had a lot of very challenging stages. I think the part-time stage at Area 5 was substantially harder only because of the move they it was i think one per and then you had a movement section and then it was one per on the remaining targets Mm -hmm. i think um that was more challenging because it evaluated more skill sets movements huge in usbsa so uh the one at area five was you could very easily do from one position um so if you have a fast trigger and you're good at transitions you would do great at that stage. I, I scored very well at nationals on the part-time at area five. I shot in my opinion, very poorly on the part-time
0: now, did you part at area five, did you go, did you go for all the targets or did you just go for the easy points?
1: I went for all the targets and it was my first stage. Uh, so I like wasn't warmed up at all. And I'm also very, very bad at one per. For some reason i don't know why um but so i tried rushing it a ton which i shouldn't have i should have probably just got tried to get points and i think i can't remember if i skipped over a target because i thought i shot it or if i shot a target twice one of those two but mm-hmm. i ended up not scoring well because of my own mental game of it
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, as it- for the other stages though i think they're they're very comparable there's a very diverse um selection of hoser stages uh long stages very technical stages i i very much enjoy technical stages uh area 5 had a ton of those and so did nationals of course
2: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and i mean i didn't go to nationals because i didn't go to nationals but uh (laughs) Uh, yeah, I could definitely see that. Where there's definitely a mix of stages. Um, there were some stages that looked kind of funny, I guess, until you saw them like in videos. Because of, you know, you know how it looks when you're looking at the matchbook. It's like this is really janky looking. Mm-hmm. But, but my opinion, I think the matchbook. Uh, if you're gonna put a stage in the matchbook, it uh, also should always be on SketchUp because then it actually kind of looks not as janky. I love the three D three D builder kits to a point, but when you're like putting it in like in a matchbook, I would expect it to all look kind of the same all the stages to look the same and uh set up the wet that way
1: i wish you could have seen not the not the dark trash or whatever but i wish you could have seen the matchbook from missouri it (laughs) it looked like a third grader used word art it was awful like matchbooks are bad enough you can never tell what the stage is going to look like but this thing you like the everything was just very flat looking and it looked like they just kind of like pasted stickers on a piece of paper. It was awful.
0: Really? Not, now I'm, now I'm tempted. Now I've got to find I, it. I think I have
1: it on my phone. I think uh, if you can find it, yeah, look at it. Cause it's,
0: it's rough. I'll, I'll find it. <laughs> tell me it's tell you, tell me it's on the internet. I'll find it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, well, that's good to hear. Um, Area five's coming back to Michigan, so that's the nice thing. We'll be close to home again.
1: I'm very excited about that. And Nationals will be close to home. It's in Ohio next year.
0: What? That's got to be, what, a four-hour drive for you?
1: Uh, I think four or five. Yeah, something like – much better than uh, Alabama. So.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, they picked, They got the wrong Nationals in – they got the wrong Nationals in um, – Ohio for next year because they should have had open nationals in Ohio, not hey, out, not Alabama.
1: Should <laughs> they put open in Alabama next year?
0: Yeah, they did. Yeah, geez. Yeah, I really don't so want to. Go, right. I, I don't want to go ten, eleven hours. But no, for me, from where I live, it's only three and a half hours to Ohio. So,
1: oh, there you go. Yeah, that's not bad at all.
0: No, not really. Especially when you think about it, you you can leave after work one day and then go.
1: You
2: don't have Shit, to take. Yeah,
1: the,
0: hmm i've driven three hours for a local that, that was it that wasn't worth the drive though.
1: that's what i'll be uh i actually for this classifier i'm doing at the end of the month i'll be driving five hours for that granted technically it's a local it's a nine stage local and they encourage wearing halloween costumes because it's on the 29th so whether i score well or not i kind of don't care at this point I think it's gonna, I think it sounds like a
0: ton of fun. Wait, who's hosting a nine stage Halloween match local?
1: Uh, It's in Oxford, Ohio. I can't remember the club name.
0: Yeah, let's just practice score. We'll find it. Cause Hunt How Gang
1: the... Shoot is the match director, whatever that guy's real name is. He's on Instagram. Who, what? Hunt Gang Shooting? I think so. Oh, I don't
0: know. You said it was on Oxford hmm Oh, well, dang it. Nice.
1: I think it's called the Monster Match.
0: Oh, okay. This is in Ohio. Okay. Yep. Ooh, it's there, there's candy. All right. I like candy.
1: Oh not that. I didn't even know that.
0: Yep. Yep. Everyone wants candy. But uh okay, so nine stages, not terrible. There's a lot of people. I there's think... still there's still a lot of slots opened up though, too. Holy crap.
1: It sounds like it's gonna be a lot of fun. It sounds like it's gonna be worth it. Um he said he's gonna try and do some of the new classifiers, uh some of the also uh twenty series, twenty one series, classifiers, but, you know, stop with moving. well we had um, a classifier
0: match, but no, you had a CPL class to teach, sir. Shame on you. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I uh I got a fun I got a fun this shooting habit somehow.
0: Yeah, well, let's talk about a little bit. You what? You started that this year, didn't you?
1: Yeah. So, so I think I took my firearms instructor's course in March. I do air quotes because um, to say it's an instructor's course is kind of comical. Uh, So it's a USCCA course, and the instructor portion of it is literally just them teaching you how to present their concealed pistol license powerpoints. Mm -hmm. And then you have to qualify with pistol. It it was... uh, I I learned essentially nothing, but was granted course materials.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Nothing against USCCA or anything, but Mm -hmm. uh, I was kind of hoping somebody would say, yeah, this is how to present... uh, This is how to teach people how to shoot, not so much this is how to shoot, but this is... Um, these are some teaching techniques, but it wasn't that at all, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. But uh, but hey, I mean, you're making money doing it, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. The, the, my, ideally, I didn't intend to hold CPL classes as my primary source of income with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I more so wanted to get started in um, doing like one-on-one instruction and stuff like that which apparently there's nothing that i can't but also i don't exactly think i'm ready for that yet i don't mm-hmm. the the better i get at shooting the more i realize i'm not ready to teach people things like that except for you know like i could teach somebody who's never shot a gun before i could teach them plenty but also those people typically don't like to shoot with competition shooters they think it's just a big game
0: yeah until they figure out (laughs) that performance is performance shooting and we just happen to use Mm -hmm. a game to subjective our performance to yes yeah so but i mean the nice thing is the cpl classes can kind of segue into private instruction because someone gets familiar with you and then (laughs) (laughs) cough break but uh yeah so i mean that's kind of cool but uh has anyone been interested in that yet or uh or have you not really been pushing that um
1: i hand out business cards i've had one student that came um they had uh never shot a gun before the class and i was like hey listen i think before you you like i'm i'm gonna pass you because it's not my it's not my place to tell you if you're allowed to have your concealed carry license It's Mm -hmm. just my, my position is to present the information to you. Um, I presented to a student, I said, Hey, listen, you definitely need a lot more time behind a handgun before I think you should go out and carry one. Uh, I can offer you classes or you can go to somebody else. I won't be offended at all. And they ended up taking me up on my offer. So other than that, I've had a couple of inquiries, but nobody's showing up, which is fine. Um, it, it takes a lot of time out of my little amount of free time and the free time I do get, I like to spend on training currently. So mm-hmm. it works out just fine for me currently.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Or it's that double-edged sword. It's like, eh, it's training somebody, it's, you know, it's coaching. And then it's also uh, all my free time's gone.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: It's kind of how I feel about, you know, everything I do, right? Like, not that I don't appreciate it and love it, but it's definitely like I could be definitely be doing something else for all the free all the time I put into this kind of stuff. It's like mm-hmm. like I could be sitting there watching television. I mean, I don't play. I'm not a oh. video gamer. Like once I was out of high school, I stopped playing video games. Like uh, that's not true. Maybe I like into my early twenties. Like I was like I didn't play video games after that. I had a full time job. I didn't have time for that shit.
1: <laughs> once I had kids, I stopped playing video games, and, and I, was- I thought. It I thought that was going to be significantly more of a bummer, but I have not missed it at all, so that's good.
0: Yeah, I have fur children, so the fur ch- children wouldn't really care about playing the video games, but besides the point, I mean, yeah, never played them. Don't play them very often. Didn't play them, so I got rid of them.
1: I thought about selling my Xbox, but... Uh...
0: What's a um, glorified exactly it's a it's a dvd player i mean at that point just with a crappy remote
1: until my kids shoved two discs into it and i had to completely dismantle the whole thing then i wanted to sell it again but (laughs) i still have it
0: yeah that's true they didn't do that again i bet
1: no not yet but i wouldn't put it past them
0: right yeah that's that's for sure So I did get some listener questions, and then most of them are pretty good. Some of them are hilarious. So we'll start with some of the funny ones. Um, Does he change the color of his shorts um, depending on what he's shooting?
1: (laughs) No. um, uh, (laughs) No. (laughs) I have a couple of different
0: shorts. Uh, I just kind of grab whatever's clean. Yeah, so how well, how big is the inseam on most of these shorts then?
1: I have one pair of 6-inch inseams, and those are for when I'm feeling pretty modest. <laughs> uh, most of my shorts are 4-inch inseam.
0: Oh, Okay, well then this is a great one. So when will you wear the 3-inch inseam shorts?
1: So I... When I get a pair with belt loops, I have a pair of, ch- um not chubbies. Chubbies are what I typically wear. I have a pair of um, like PT shorts that, you know, they have to split up the sides and mm-hmm. the uh, built-in mesh underwear. I wore those to a match once at a local and I got a lot of strange looks by some old guys, but <laughs> um, they don't hold the belt in place very well. So I, I don't wear those at majors. But if I can find some three-inch inseams or some uh, some PT shorts with some belt loops, send me a link because I'm gonna get them. Yeah,
0: I mean, I guess maybe at a major, if you wore those kind of shorts, you could maybe get for inappropriate dress. But I don't really know if anyone would give you a pet like the procedural for it slash tell you to go home.
1: I was this close on day three to wearing those uh, super short shorts. <laughs> uh at nationals
3: and
1: i put them on and i put my belt on and i started dry firing and i saw how much the belt was moving and i was like nah, i can't not at nationals yeah uh if it was, looking back if it was if we're at missouri i would have been all over it at missouri but
2: mm-hmm.
1: it was like 40 degrees when we showed up to the match
0: nope pain, that's that's definitely pants weather yeah, so here's another good one. This one's actually a decent one. Uh, you pick one rule to change in USPSA. What would it be and why?
1: Oh gosh, uh, so I'm actually I'm probably gonna get a lot of heat for this one. It's a carry optics rule. I think uh the production optics the way it is for IPSC is much more appealing. Uh, the magazine capacity. I think it would be fun to reduce that. I don't think it should be reduced. However, production seems more challenging in the sense that your stage planning has to be completely different because of the magazine capacity limits. Mm
3: -hmm. I think
1: that would be fun. And carry optics as well, because I hate iron sights. I don't want to shoot iron sights. That's that's the only reason I'm not shooting production is because I want to shoot with a dot. But if they reduce the magazine capacity in carry optics, I think that'd be pretty fun
0: yeah well and if you think about it originally when it was a, um, a provisional division uh it was it was 10 rounds now um now that they've kind of let the 140 millimeter mags come into play i think it's kind of hard to to reel it back at this point but maybe maybe we'll i don't necessarily know if they'd separate it maybe if this is all blasphemy because i i, I live by one rule don't open by carry optics and don't carry optics my open it's my one rule in life um so if they added twenty elevens into carry optics, maybe we could have like production optics essentially, and then you kind of have them separated, so you can have the the totally decked out kind of guns that, um, you know, have full mags, and then you got like the ten to fifteen round mags, um, depending, right? I was even totally game for like a full like a factory mag, just full to the top, right? Like so, a Glock seventeen mag, you'd get seventeen rounds, or a CZ, you'd probably get what nineteen.
1: They have yeah they have 19 front factory mags.
0: so that but, would be that wouldn't be a bad idea either but
1: I so I think we, I can't remember if it was in the pre-show that we were talking about it or not but I I really don't care to get into all that nonsense I have a group chat with some of my buddies and it seems like every other week they're coming up with oh well how come we don't have single action and carry optics blah 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 I don't care I usually just Say bullshit to troll them and piss them off, but if they did come out with like the the limited optics or whatever, I think the only way it would be a fun avenue to go down that road is if they, yeah, like you were saying, also made like a production optics or like a a more in uh division more intended for actual carry guns, not like shadow twos or you know
0: mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, I think the only thing I was ever wanting was, with my Glock, was having a way to protect the frame of the gun. Because, as you know, you do reload after reload, you're going to chew the crap out of that frame. That's always yeah. the downside. It's like, if you add a little yeah. carry magwell, like a magpool carry magwell, just protect the gun. And then you you chew up the magwell, and guess what? You throw it the fuck away, and then you put a new one on. <laughs> but
1: Yeah, that's that's why I ended up having to stop shooting my carry gun was because the magwell was getting completely destroyed. I ended up having to uh, drum all the inside of it. Um, you know, just to take all the burrs off of it, but I ended up getting, uh, two more Glocks, one for a dedicated competition gun and one for a backup gun, which all cumulatively cost less than one shadow Two, which is kind of comical to me, but
2: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah. So, yeah, it's the nice thing about Glocks so is you can find them. Everyone's got one. So, if, like, if your gun goes down, you can easily find another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here's a great question. Um, what is the most valuable piece of shooting gear that isn't a gun, belt, mags, or holster?
1: What, what does one qualify as gear? I mean, um... I, I
0: don't know. I call everything gear.
1: <laughs> All right? Shit, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably say my reloading press does that count does that qualify
0: i i mean we can but i think they're probably more thinking of what you take on like match day from what it from the question sounds like but, but yes the reloading press is very important because i ain't buying no factory ammo
1: <laughs> yeah no a whole bunch of my shooting buddies buy factory ammo or uh remanufactured factory ammo and they just have a hell of a time with them like dude you got a you got to either buy quality ammo or start reloading. Um, I guess if like we're talking about stuff that we bring to the range though. Um, I have a set of Safari lands, little tiny silicone in-ear ear pro. They, they're they terrible for rifle, but for pistol, they do just to get enough job and they're super, super comfortable. I will never not own a pair of those. They're phenomenal. Um, most people, it, they're, you can't wear them with open uh you're definitely gonna have to double up with that but they're just enough to where you can still hear people talk um but they i i've not had any issues with them um drowning out the sound from shooting when i'm shooting at least
0: mm-hmm. yeah and they're uh, like
1: twenty bucks, super cheap
0: right yeah you can't beat you can't be super cheap super Well, long as it's super cheap that works i'd have to say that <laughs> Because if it's super cheap and doesn't work, then it's just a pain in the ass. Then you wasted twenty bucks.
1: Yeah, that's was a waste. But yeah, they come in a little, um, little aluminum carry case. I clip it right to my bag. It's always attached to my bag. I can, you know, I just wash them after they get dirty or whatever. Get a bunch of earwax on them, put them back in the carry case, and I'm ready for the next match. They're good to go.
0: Yeah, well, that is nice. That is nice. Now. I think I we've talked about this before, but every match, you pretty much have a dumpster fire, except for nationals. You have like a hot dumpster fire mess.
1: I definitely had dumpster fires at nationals. Um, it was just so much larger of a match that I was able to counterbalance that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yes, pretty much every match, I have at least one massive dumpster fire
0: well yeah so then with that as a follow-up this is a follow-up how do you maintain your focus during a match or try to recover from those dumpster fires
1: so i think the i can't remember who told me this but the best way to go about it is treat each stage as if it was individual from each other um if you carry things from one stage to another and it, like, say, say for example, you have a fantastic stage and it gets you hype. You're like, oh, hell yeah, we're doing great. I'm going to really push it on this next one. Or you're going to push it past what you're capable of. And you, that's when your dumpster fire is going to come. If you shoot each stage individually and don't think about what happened before, don't think about what's coming up, and just shoot it how you feel you should, then that's when I at least perform my best. And so... If I have a bad stage, I don't bring it with me. I don't even think about it. I don't check practice score if they're updating until way later. And I just, I don't even think about it. I forget about it completely. I zone into that stage, focus on my stage plan, and I go from there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I agree. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. So that mental thing, I don't know. Like When I'm at a match, this is just me personally, when I'm at a match, uh, I don't have any problems with, like, if I have a bad performance, I don't have a problem with it staying there. Uh, I guess I don't have that lingering bad taste in my mouth. I don't. I probably don't have that until after the match is over, after I've looked at everything and, like, people's scores. Um, Recently, I've been wor- more worried about, well, what was their hit factor on this, you know? Like, people who are around my skill level. And I'm like, I mean, I think I need to stop doing that again, you know, because it's just, it's not healthy, I don't think. Unless you really want to, just be like, ha, I beat you on this stage, fuck off. I kind of,
1: I kind of started doing that recently, and I wouldn't necessarily say it's a good thing to do,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but I don't know why it doesn't mess with me as much. But I find it beneficial to know, and I don't. I'm definitely not the type of person that can be like, oh shit, I gotta amp it up. I'm, I'm not there yet. Yeah. Uh, I don't even pretend to be. But for some reason, I really like knowing. Okay, yeah, I was this far behind this person. Okay, cool. Um, just having that knowledge base, kind of. I guess it grounds me. Like, um, Jared Clanton is somebody I talk to a lot. Phenomenal shooter. I believe he got twelfth at nationals. If If you've never shot with him, squad with him and shoot with him because you'll be like, how the fuck is this guy winning things? The guy seemingly doesn't take anything seriously until he's on the make ready and it's hysterical um but i i compare my shooting to him a lot that guy's been shooting like a year and a half and he's gm placing like 90 percent range at nationals it's insane mm-hmm. but besides the point i'll compare to him a lot um mm-hmm. and i i go off of that and i guess it it gives me a sense of grounding to know, okay, this is where I'm at. I know he's a high level shooter. I'm on track to be this far behind him. So like at Missouri I I was squatted with him. I knew, okay, I'm gonna be like eighty five percent range behind him. I can deal with that, or I need to kick it in or whatever, you know. Um i wouldn't say i need to kick it in i need to focus more typically my biggest issue is focus i i do a whole bunch of shit talking on the side with my buddies instead of actually going and thinking about my stage plans and stuff like that
2: mm-hmm.
0: but yeah so yeah and that i guess that's a good thing like having a chase guy right not necessarily try to push to like burn out and be like go over your hundred but you know it's definitely nice to have that like they are consistent, right? I guess the problem is with some people who pick a chase person is that the person that they're chasing isn't consistent. And I had that problem for a while when I was shooting against a, a local guy here. Um, we'd shoot almost every match together or every match I shot, he was shooting. Um, and I would use him as a chase and it didn't really work because he had a lot of issues. He he was able to split the gun kind of fast, get good points, but then he'd have two bad stages and he would be like, okay, so you beat me, but you really didn't, you, you know, he wasn't consistent enough to really compare myself to right but yeah so i uh yeah so i i don't say that it's bad either but uh i do recommend that for people though like if it's like if you if you got a guy you always shoot with and you squad with them even better is if you you don't squad with them right but it's nice to be able to see them on your squad so then you can either watch their plan make sure that they you didn't do something stupid that they didn't or you have somebody who just has to range dump on Sundays and post all the stage footage from the match
1: <laughs> I have a tendency and I don't know if I just undermine myself or if I don't value myself highly enough but I have a tendency to shoot too low for state, for chase people I mm-hmm. guess because um, typically if I pick somebody as like a chase person like I'll find somebody on Instagram or something that I've never shot with and be like i want to be that guy
2: mm-hmm.
1: I, I typically tend to beat them i i don't know if i'm just like if the instagram videos just look way cooler than what they actually shoot or what but i, don't know, I think i need to start setting my goals a little higher <laughs>
0: yeah i mean and that always could be a thing too right yeah well and there's no true right or wrong of how to pick a chase guy right and that's like there's not a there's not a class of that <laughs> unfortunately yeah. Maybe there should be. I don't know. Ben Steger sell a new class, right? Chase guys. <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> oh. But anyway, um, what major matches are you planning currently right now for
1: 2023? Um, I'm not shooting Kentucky again. Uh so Kentucky was actually the day after mine and my wife's wedding anniversary. She let me go to it this year. She didn't make us think about it at all, but I don't feel it's right for me to try and ask to go to that again. It's because your uh, wife is also, a saint. <laughs> yeah, she, she did not even mention – well, she mentioned that it's the day after her anniversary, but she, like, did not make a fuss about it at all. She Still can't believe that. She didn't make a fuss about Nationals either. I was like, hey, I, I'll be gone for a week. She's like, all right awesome as long as you can afford it right (laughs) yeah yeah exactly um i'm definitely planning on shooting uh, michigan sectional area five nationals i haven't really put a ton of thought into it beyond that as i kind of more just plan the majors based on what works with my schedule who all is going where um what's convenient.
0: Well, you should definitely go to the Buckeye Blast. I typically blast. don't really
1: take in yeah. the
3: consideration.
0: Go to the Buckeye Blast because um, the Nationals will be. So then you'll be all good.
1: So I really wanted to this year, but it ended up having a scheduling conflict. Um, I can't remember what I had going on. I think I had to work or something. It used to be that I had to work basically every weekend, which was a major inconvenience because if i wanted to go to a match i typically had to trade a shift off and then so i'd come off of a night shift have one day to kind of recuperate shoot the match and then work that night and that's not very conducive for performing but i've had scheduling changes lately so it's it's been a little more convenient
0: Yes, that is definitely more convenient uh, when you're able to make things happen. Are you still on night shifts or do you uh, get swaddled around a little bit?
1: I'm still on night shift. Um, I am part-time now, which is super convenient. I'm scheduled one day a week and I pick up one day a week, which are we work 12-hour shifts. But And then I'm on dad mode the rest of the time. So that's been super helpful. Uh, I don't get to do as much I probably shoot uh, just as much as before, but now I have a lot more dry fire time. Like I can dry fire while the kids are at school, or which my daughter only goes for half days. But definitely way more than I had before. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's definitely nice to have that free time. But you're 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 missed your your stay at home dad kind of ish now, which is kind of cool.
1: It, it is pretty neat. Um, yeah, I worked. 60 hours a week for five years while my wife was going to school and now that she's working she's like I want to work full time I'm like well I don't want to pay for daycare like, alright stay home alright cool deal right at that point oh, you know wow. it,
0: it, yeah it's that point of okay we could both work but then we still got to pay somebody to watch these kids and mm-hmm. and then so, yeah. yeah
1: I'm still working but not not nearly as much and I am I am totally cool with it
0: right yeah i wish i was like that i wish i could work less i'm that's not definitely that cool. nice. yeah i'm not that cool yet not that cool yet but yeah that's cool um i know i do have a couple more questions before we'll wrap this up for the night but we've got a couple more um <clears throat> um what is something that current jake would like to tell past jake about shooting
1: pay attention to what is going on in dry fire and in live fire. But being receptive of everything that's happening is probably the most important thing that you can do. Um, mm-hmm. Just doing reps is not going to make you good enough. It will make you better, but not nearly as quickly. And that you won't reach nearly as high with just doing reps and not thinking about what's happening. mm mm-hmm
0: yeah i i definitely see that yeah because somebody somebody could have a fast draw but they really don't realize that you know you mash the trigger you get a delta or you you know you don't have a good grip so you're not going to get that alpha hit you want right you know in live fire mm-hmm. if, if your dry fire is shit so yeah i agree with that i agree with that notion that's a good one but um oh what's the next one? Oh, perfect uh, we're at the point where we need to pay the bills to the people who help pay your shooting bills. Go ahead and let's go and talk about those awesome sponsors of yours.
1: Um, so I'm currently with Summer City Bullets. Uh, he's out of Indiana. Super cool guy. Um, hooks me up. Uh, bullets are good quality. They have the high tech coating. They're 356 um, diameter, which If you didn't know, Blue Bullets is 355. Some people prefer that slightly thicker um, bullet diameter. I love them, they shoot great. And then my primary sponsor is Bladen Brass, Brandon. um, He helps me out a ton. He hooked me up with that Henning Hanger. Uh, He hooked me up with a whole bunch of double alpha pouches. He got me discounts on all the uh, Cajun Gunworks parts. He did all the work on my um, Shadow 2 for me, does coat, Um And also, now he is a full time gunsmith for Beretta. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes away from me a little bit, but I suppose that's all right.
0: Well, that is pretty cool. Now that he works at Beretta, he can make uh, JJ's uh, Beretta even Beretta. Ah, ha ha, 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 ha
1: i asked him so anyone full-time with bread i was like so you're gonna hook me up with a free bread i On mean, the, you know he just laughed i was like i mean i'll shoot a beretta if it's free i don't care the problem is it needs it. to be
0: two free berettas
1: yes
3: <laughs>
0: it hasn't happened yet so yeah well i, I want to fiddle about, around with that new carry optics gun they have the what 92x performance carry optics
1: They had it at Nationals, so they had like a little – so they had the build Drill side match, Mm -hmm. and then they had the Steel Challenge Beretta side match, which I'd never shot Steel Challenge in my life, so that was kind of eye-opening. But, yeah, they had that Beretta there. You could shoot it with irons or an optic, and the first-place winner of it got – they won the Beretta, uh, which, of course, Mason Lane ended up winning. But (laughs) it – the, the is nice. You know, it's a nice gun, but the grip angle is so astronomically different than any gun I've ever held. And I've never, I've shot a Brada 92 once way, way long time ago before I was even into shooting. Mm-hmm. But I had to hold my hands at such a significantly different angle that every single shot I broke, I had to, like, readjust every single time, so I shot absolutely terribly on that little steel challenge stage. But uh, I was actually talking about it to JJ Rikaza and he said, yeah, he has a, um, I can't remember if it's lock grips or who makes it, but he's got like a a back strap on his to adjust that grip angle, which apparently helps a lot.
0: Yeah. Well, so so now we got the, the, like the 2011, you know, SIG M&P kind of style. We got the Glock angle, and now we got the Beretta angle.
1: So I hated it. I absolutely hated it. But I didn't get to feel it. You know, Like same with the Shadow 2. I hated the Shadow 2 until I got decent grips and actually fitted it to me, and now I love it. So I'm Mm -hmm. sure it would be a phenomenal gun if I actually took the time to fit it to me.
0: Right, yeah. I mean, yeah. And and grips make a difference. And that's, like, the cool thing about those hammer-fired guns. You can get those... Super aggressive palm swells, or one palm swell, one thin. Uh, super aggressive, not as aggressive.
1: Yeah, I think I went through four different sets of lock grips before I found something that I liked and that fits me really well.
0: Yeah, and you could have just, like, gone to their location since they're so close?
1: I So I did pick them up there, but I was doing, like, custom bullshit with them um i got like i got a set of uh the necks and they weren't aggressive enough and i got a set of the palm Swell bogeys and they weren't quite thick enough i i still think they should have been a more aggressive texture but they said they can't make it more aggressive whatever okay um so i ended up getting the another set with the additional custom thickness and I went way too big on that, and then
0: I had to have them reduced, and then I had to get a matching set. So. Oh, so yeah, that 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 is definitely a pain in the ass.
1: But now that I have them exactly how I like them, they're phenomenal. So right,
0: right, and that's a good thing, right? As long as the gun fits you, right? Mm-hmm. So the last question I have for you is: Where can they find you on the internet?
1: Um. Well, so my primary posting place is Instagram. I've had, I think I'm on my fourth TikTok account. They keep banning me, so don't even fuck with it over there. You're not going to be able to keep up with how many accounts I have to make. But, um, photos and band-aids on Instagram. I don't, I'm not cool enough for like an official website. So I don't have anything like that, but, um, yeah, I just mainly post. Shooting videos and shitty memes.
0: (laughs) Hey, we all like the shitty memes sometimes, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because everyone loves memes. Everyone, I don't care who you are, memes are hilarious. (laughs) Yes. Because most of the time they're about you. Just kidding. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time, yeah. (laughs) I used to post some spicier ones on another page. um, But I figured I should probably stop doing that if I didn't want to end up
0: on some band
1: list or something.
0: Yeah, that's probably a that's probably a good thing. Well, Jake, I thank you, brother, for coming on. It's been a pleasure. It's been fun. We've known each other for a while, so this is kind of always fun to do.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you having me, man. This is a blast.
0: Yep. Now, yeah, thank you. Um, we'll have to do this again. We'll probably have to get Josh on here at the same time too, so then you guys awesome. can bromance, and I'll just be in the corner. Um, <laughs> I don't know
1: if you can handle that kind of heat, man. We, uh, we feed off each other a lot.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, we could probably make it happen. But thank you again, Jake, for coming on. And to listeners, thank you for checking out this episode of Manny Talk Shooting. Until next time, get out and do the things, and I will see you on the next one.